Welcome to episode 110 of The Complete Works Season 1, a deep dive into the career and films of actor Nicolas Cage. My name is Mike Smith, and joining me on this journey into the world of true cagedom is my friend, co-host, and fellow cageaholic, Mike Tricio. How you doing today, Mike? I'm doing just great. It feels, maybe because it took eight years to get here, but it feels like we should be way more than episode 110, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Maybe not eight years. I don't remember when exactly in the podcasting timeline we started Complete Work Season 1. But Right. Uh, I believe it was twenty I mean, mid-2015. So, oh my yeah. God. No, I think you're... <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, that is nuts. That's absolutely insane. That really puts our lives into perspective in a... <laughs> Yep. <laughs> in a way that I'm not sure I was ready for. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, 110 episodes of the Nicolas Cage season of the podcast. And that's just season one, Mike. That's just I mean, season one. Yeah, that's just season one. Uh, and I mean, granted, the Nick Cage season took us four years to get through. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like half of this podcast life is just the Nick Cage season. So that, that might be why you're feeling that way. Uh, but you got to remember, for a long time, we only did episodes once every two weeks. That's right. And then the pandemic hit and we were like, well, we got all this free time. Yes. And um, it's been four years of, well, we got all this free time, (laughs) (laughs) but we don't really anymore. No. Yeah. Now the podcast consumes our every waking moment. Uh, Correct. (laughs) That that is exactly what's happening. Um, But for the most part, our focus right now is on Michelle Yeoh. And Mike, we are so close to the end of our Michelle Yeoh season of the podcast. How close are we? Uh, there are only three episodes left wow. of the Michelle Yeoh season. Uh, we have to talk about American Born Chinese on Disney Plus, uh, Transformers Rise of the Beast, which is now streaming on Paramount Plus, and A Haunting in Venice, which uh, should be on Hulu by the time this episode comes out, actually. So uh, all easily streamable things, as long as they don't get removed from the services or whatever. Uh, and then, of course, after those three, we're going to have our big finale episodes, so technically four episodes left of the Michelle Yeoh season. So it seems like the perfect time to interrupt it with a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> <laughs> that son of a bitch. Yes. If there's one thing we can almost guarantee is that when we are there right at the end or right at the start of a new season, um, one of the old <laughs> subjects of the podcast will release a new movie for us to exactly. pause everything and go back to. Yep. Yeah. Nicolas Cage is at it again. It is time for our fifth Nicolas Cage episode this year. <laughs> That's um, crazy. Yes. Uh, and guess what? He's not stopping. Uh, there's two more coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what was it? What was the, was it 2018 when he had like eight movies? Or something? I believe, I believe that was the record. Yeah. I think it was 2018 or 2019 maybe, but he had like eight or nine movies in one year. Yeah. And he's approaching that. That's wild. Yes, absolutely. So this is our fifth cage episode of the year after, of course, the old way Renfield, the flash and sympathy for the devil. And uh, yeah, he's not slowing down. In addition to today's movie, uh, we're going to have to cover two more before the year is out. Uh, Butcher's Crossing, which just got a limited release in theaters. I have seen that, but I saw it a year ago at the Montana Film Festival. Uh, And Dream Scenario, uh, which is a new release from A24 produced by Ari Aster. I've heard great things about that one. Very excited to check that one out. Yes. Yeah. Super excited. I know that that uh, 
just premiered or whatever at Beyond Fest, I think, in, in Los Angeles. And Cage showed up as like a secret Q and unannounced Q&A thing at the end. So that's seemed very cool. So yeah. very excited to get to that eventually. But uh, I guess we got to wait because A24, you know. Yes. Uh, so I think we're probably going to finish out the Michelle Yeoh season before we get to those two movies. Um, but we figured since today's movie just got released on VOD after a brief run in theaters, we thought, hey, let's do it. It's finally time to talk about the retirement plan. I haven't seen my daughter and now her daughter shows up at my front doorstep and not a word. I think my parents are in some kind of trouble. Oh, Ashley's in trouble. What is it this time? Get on that flight and do not come back without my hard drive. Purpose for your visit? Pleasure. Lay low for a few minutes. Welcome to the island. I'm losing my patience. Oh, no, no. Ah! Boom, kills him. I just got out of here with my life. Did you shoot me? I guarantee you there's more men that are already coming. And they will not stop until we are all dead. Come on, Ashley. Come on, Ashley. Don't let me... Who are you? The old guy, he keeps killing everybody. Everybody. Who is this guy? My dad's an assassin, isn't he? Yeah, your dad's totally an assassin. Grandpa! Here, have some more syrup, sweetheart. So the retirement plan features Nicolas Cage as a retired assassin named Matt, living out his days estranged from his family as a beach bum in the Cayman Islands. Uh, His daughter, Ashley, played by Ashley Green from the Twilight movies, uh, gets into some trouble with bad people. And so she sends her daughter, Sarah, Cage's granddaughter, to stay with him. Uh, Sarah is played by Talia Campbell, who was previously in three films in the Merry Little Christmas series, which I think is a Hallmark Channel series of Christmas movies. Sarah and her husband, Jimmy, played by Jordan Johnson Hines from 14 episodes of Suits. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> hey, Suits is like the number one show on streaming right now, Mike. I don't know if you're aware of that. I'm not aware of that at all. Uh, people are going nuts for Suits these days, Mike. Uh, it's, Characters it's welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Sarah and her husband, Jimmy, they are in deep with a crime syndicate featuring Donnie, played by Jackie Earl Haley, and Hector, played by Grace Byers from Empire. Uh, one of Donnie's henchmen, Bobo, is played by Ron Perlman, which makes this a season of the witch reunion for Ron Perlman and Nicolas Cage. Got to dig back for that one. Yes. Uh, and apparently a big part of why Nicolas Cage decided to do this movie is that he got to go on vacation with Ron Perlman. <laughs> Honestly, I would they got do to go a lot hang of out stuff. In the Cayman Islands. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're just buds hanging out. Um, also appearing in the movie are Lynn Whitfield from Greenleaf as Francine Drisdale, Joel David Moore from Dodgeball and Avatar as Fitzsimmons, uh, Rick Fox from Holes as Christopher and popping up as Cage's old buddy, Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters plays Joseph. Good for them. Yes. I was very excited to see Ernie Hudson in this movie. Uh, that was pretty fun. Um, yeah. 
The retirement plan was written and directed by Tim Brown, who had previously directed a movie called Buckley's Chance in 2021 with Bill Nye. Uh, it was released in theaters on September 15th, 2023, and now holds the distinct honor for being Nicolas Cage's lowest grossing wide release film. Whoa. Out of all the movies, <laughs> this is the lowest one? Uh, yeah, this movie made just over $745,000 and was released to over a thousand screens. Um, and here's the thing I uh, wanted, like, I heard this was getting a small theatrical release. I didn't know it was getting like a thousand screens. Uh, and there was one day where I was like absentmindedly scrolling through my like AMC app seeing like, Oh, what's playing at the AMC right now? The retirement plan was playing and I had (laughs) no idea. It was like on a Wednesday. So like I had been playing for a few days. <laughs> that's wild uh and i missed my chance to go see it in theaters i actually thought about it that night like hmm maybe i can go like in, in an hour go see the retirement plan and then i was like i can stay home i can <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can make myself a sandwich and watch something on criterion channel i don't need to do this. i could not put pants on right now and not go see the retirement plan yes exactly so the retirement plan came out that weekend uh and yeah is now the lowest grossing nick cage wide release movie ever uh there was only one major new release in the top 10 that weekend uh and it's a movie we'll be talking about in a few weeks mike uh, a haunting in venice oh look at that yes uh, a movie that uh i have not seen yet uh, i have heard is quite good i've heard it's really fun i yeah i heard that's oh, compare i haven't seen uh uh death on the dial but i've heard compared to that it's like a pretty huge step up so that's yeah. whew, whew, thank god yeah. um <laughs> so that's exciting and i'm i kind of want to watch that before we get to it like before, same you know yeah, it feels it's, like it's, a good late october Halloween movie you know yeah, definitely. Um, so I think we're gonna we're gonna see how that goes. But yeah, I, I know a haunting in Venice is hitting Hulu on Halloween, like on Halloween day. Oh, really? That's when okay. A haunting in Venice is going up. Uh, so yeah, that opened at number two at the box office. The rest of the top ten consisted of The Nun two at number one, uh, The Equalizer three, My Big Fat Greek Wedding three, Barbie in its ninth week, Blue Beetle, Jawan, the Indian action movie with Shah Rukh Khan, uh, Gran Turismo, Oppenheimer in its ninth week, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. What a banger it was two months ago, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or a month ago, whatever that was. I, don't uh, know. I, I think there's some good movies here. Obviously you got Barbie and Oppenheimer still hanging strong. Uh, Ninja Turtles. Really fun. Uh, if you haven't seen that yet. Uh, I don't know. I September of this year, which was just one month ago, was really a month where I, I don't think I went to the AMC, like the multiplex near me once that entire time, which for me, a little bit of a rarity. Yeah. Uh, and they were because it was filled with a bunch of sequels to movies that I hadn't seen the originals for. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it was The Nun 2, didn't see Nun 1. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, hadn't seen the first two. Equalizer 3, hadn't seen the first two. Expendables 4 was also out of that time, hadn't seen the first three. Uh, it was just like a lot of sequels that I didn't care about. Uh, and I was like, well, all right, I guess I'm not, <laughs> I guess I'm not going. Yeah. Uh, I, I did kind of want to see Equalizer 3 because um, I've heard pretty good things about it, but I got to watch the first two first and yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah. The first two Equalizers, I remember being pretty good. Um, yeah. I didn't see the third one or really hear anything about it, but uh, I don't know. Good for Denzel, you know? Well, I can tell you the third one is a Man on Fire reunion, Mike. Dakota Fanning's in it. Um, what? And it's Denzel and Dakota back back together again. How did film Twitter let me down and not tell me that? 
I got to see that movie. Forget forget this podcast. I'm out of here. I got to go watch. <laughs> I'm going to watch the Equalizer three right now. Yeah. And then and then maybe Man on Fire. That's uh, true. <laughs> Uh, a movie that you made me watch for a Mike Thanks Mike watch one time. That's uh, right. If I recall, yes. Uh, the IMDb plot synopsis for The Retirement Plan reads, when Ashley and her young daughter, Sarah, get caught up in a criminal enterprise that puts their lives at risk, she turns to a strange father, Matt, currently living the life of a retired beach bum in the Cayman Islands. Uh, so Mike D, going into The Retirement Plan, uh, what did you expect from this movie and what did you get coming out of it? Going into it, I was kind of like, you know, we're 110 episodes into a Cage podcast. We get it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Although, not that he ever went anywhere, but Cage has been back lately, so that's very exciting. Yes. So I was kind of expecting maybe a little more elevation on some of that run-of-the-mill, uh, you know, 2013, uh, 2012 to, I don't know, 2018 slop. <laughs> you know, that just kind of whole era uh, where it's just all the, you know, uh, back taxes, direct-to-VOD kind of thing um, that we used to get back in the day when we were sort of like, are we experiencing Stockholm syndrome? Do we kind of <laughs> like these movies a little bit, you know? Um, so I thought it was going to be a little bit more than that. And um, yeah, coming out of it, I guess it it is for the most part. It's a little bit more than those movies used to be. Um, but I don't think it's anywhere near the kind of stuff that we've been seeing. Well, I guess I was going to say lately, but I mean, you know, we didn't particularly enjoy Sympathy for the Devil. Uh, there's been some right. misses in there, but um, some of the high the highs have been much higher than they had been previously. So that yeah. was exciting. Um, and yeah, overall, I think, I think the retirement plan is a mostly kind of funny action comedy stuff. I think there is a lot of fun to be had around the idea of Nick Cage as this like once great assassin, but nobody knows it. So they're always like, how is this old man winning um, yeah. in every fight scene? And those moments are pretty fun. I think um, Ron Perlman is just a delight as always because he's Ron Perlman. And him getting to be the like tough guy with the kid thing is fun, which he, we talked about probably when we were first learning about the retirement plan that like Ron Perlman is in another movie this year. That is that. <laughs> And he's the tough guy, the baker, I think it's called. Uh, yes, I totally forgot about this, but I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, where he is like this old mafia guy or, or whatever that gets his granddaughter. He's playing the Nick Cage character, basically. Right. Uh, in the in this movie. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Very, very weird thing, but good for Ron Perlman. So that's nice. And yeah, I don't know. It's okay. I, I, I think maybe I'm a little more negative on it than I might have been in another situation, but I was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's funny enough to warrant the full like three stars, but it's, it's worth a two and a half, you know? Yeah. There, there are moments in the movie for sure that I enjoyed. Uh, and I think if it leaned heavier on Nicholas Cage's character and like the kind of, the kind of wacky antics he can get up to. Yeah. It might've had something here. I don't know. I think the movie itself uh, feels fairly inert. I think it feels like, okay, yep. It's another one of these, yep. uh, you know, hundred uh, percent. and I think those stand out more now um, because, you know, we had these like another one of these kind of movies for a long time on the Nicolas Cage podcast, right? For like, you know, five, six years, it was like, okay, here's a bunch of video on demand movies. Every once in a while, there would be a gem like uh, The Trust right. is, a, is a movie that I, I would kind of point to and be like, hey, that's really good. This is actually pretty solid. Uh, but for the most part, it's stuff like uh, The Runner, right? Like, <laughs> yes. uh, remember that's The Runner? The, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he ran for election, but he was also a jogger. And that's why he. <laughs> Oh, he's the called runner. the runner. Yeah. 
you know, it, it would be stuff like that. Uh, but I think post Mandy, it really does feel like, OK, you know, Nick Cage is like picking more interesting projects. He's got Mandy and he's got Colorado Space and he's got Pig and Dream Scenario coming out. Right. Right. Uh, and it seems like logically you'd be like, OK, it seems like he's like really kind of moving into that direction. He's doing a lot more stuff like that. That's great. Um, but he also hasn't stopped doing the movies that are like this. And uh, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> And so because there's like a contrast now between like, wow, this like really great movie that Nicolas Cage is so good in. And then also, oh, another one of these. <laughs> <laughs> right. Feel It feels worse as a result, I think. <laughs> yeah, it casts a, the, a long shadow over these kinds of movies now. I don't know. It's, it's just weird. What must be in Nicolas Cage's mind, you know? I don't think we'll ever know. <laughs> I think he just likes to work. Man. I, think I think that's, that's it. Yeah. He, he just enjoys working and acting. I mean, we saw Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. He just wants to keep making stuff. Arts. It, exactly. Cinema. You know? <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I, I think as a result, uh, you know, because he works so much uh, and so frequently and on so many different kinds of projects, uh, you know, some of them are great and some of them are not. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and and sometimes he makes some movies that he can go hang out with Ron Perlman in the Cayman Islands and like, good for him. Yeah, Absolutely. I think I think it does speak to Cage. His performance in this is f- like it's fine. I guess it's pretty good as far as like the rest of the movie yeah. around him is. I, 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 think, I do think he's the best part of the movie. Hundred percent. He's, he's actually yeah. really good in it. Yeah, it's like him and Ron Perlman are just incredible. Uh, and then everybody else is like, "What's going on?" Um, <laughs> even you know, Jackie Earl Haley is playing basically like a, a performance. You th- like somebody told him Nick Cage is in this movie, and he's like, "I'm gonna do it." And he's like doing Cage. <laughs> it's very strange. See, Jackie Earl Hilly really reminded me of uh, Ray Fiennes and In Bruges. Whoa, um, yeah, good for you. I, yeah, I, and it's been a long time since I've seen In Bruges. I bet Ray Fiennes was like more subtle. Um, <laughs> is if I had to take a, take a stab at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, but I think I think that's similar, like kind of like mob boss guy who like just says fuck every third word, like that mm-hmm. sort of sort of thing. Um, but he's doing it in a very like cartoonish, exaggerated way uh, in this movie. I, I thought he was fun to watch. Oh. And Ernie Hudson just has like our easy gravitas about him. That was very fun. Yeah. When he has that like talk with Ashley about like what his father or what her father used to do and what kind of person he is and all that stuff. There is just like gravitas, I guess is the right word for it. Um, compared to the rest of the movie, which like you said, has Jackie Earl Haley screaming fuck all the time or them running out of guns. So they hand one of their henchmen a hand grenade and they're like, figure it out. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> just like, what is going on? What's the tone here? What's happening? <laughs> Um, but yeah, but whenever it like, you know, dove into an action sequence, the action was pretty fun. And I think Nick Cage has a lot of fun doing that stuff. Uh, and there's some like pretty creative stuff, uh, in terms of the action in this movie. Uh, and uh, I think the highlight of the movie for me is when Nick Cage uh, shoots a flare gun into some guy's mouth. Uh, and then that guy's like writhing on the ground and you see the flare like spurting out of his mouth as he's on. The yeah. Ground. Uh, really fun. And there's a few moments like that in this movie. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty funny payoff, too, because um, right there, like, do you have any weapons on the boat to Ernie Hudson? And he, and he pulls out a flare gun. He's like, can you can you even kill somebody with this? And he's like, I don't know. You could probably light him on fire. <laughs> like, it's just like this. So downplay it. Um, and then, yeah, he shoves the flare gun in the dude's mouth and just lights him on fire from the inside, which is insane. Yeah. And I really enjoyed the uh, the the fight scene in the hotel room or whatever with when they like yeah. find uh, him and Ashley. And they're like, okay, I'm going to open the door and grab this one guy. Well, grab him one at a time. That was very good. <laughs> that was <Yeah>. very funny. <laughs> and they end up going over the railing with the rope and stuff and all that. So, yeah, I think there is some kind of clever um, action, old man action kind of stuff going on with them. 
uh, which is pretty fun to watch. I think it's just weird. It, it really did remind me, actually, where it gets the movie. A lot of those like early Hong Kong Michelle Yeoh action movies where you're like, why is there 8,000 twists in this movie? Like, what is happening? <laughs> uh, but I absolutely lost who was double-crossing who for this yes. this uh thumb drive with the with the evidence on it or whatever the hell the very end of the movie has like three people like shoot other people that you thought they were working with uh, <laughs> they like walk into frame and kill the first person and then yes somebody else walks in and kills that guy you're just like what is going on <laughs> it reminded me of uh, the episode of community with the conspiracy theories where at yes. the end of it they're just, they're just like shooting each other back and forth <laughs> yeah <laughs> i forgot about that yeah which you know we talked about a lot in those those early hong kong movies where like this is just basically an incomprehensible series of twists and double double crosses and stuff and then as soon as the bad guy dies roll credits Uh, yes (laughs) which comes pretty close to doing it kind of does yeah uh and i did think yeah it was a little too convoluted for its own good and the movie would have been better off if just if it just stopped a jackie or haley like that's enough of a bad guy yeah (laughs) you know absolutely where where he could have just been him that you were working against but instead you add in uh hector uh, which uh, is actually a woman in the movie. Uh, and she is, uh, it's a weird thing. She doesn't get introduced until like almost an hour in. Yeah. Uh, and then it turns out she's also involved with like this hard drive that they're uh, reaching for, which is actually a flash drive. Flash, um, yeah. it's, it's a USB drive. It's not a hard drive. <laughs> it's not a hard drive. So yeah, Hector gets introduced. And this is a really weirdly edited sequence where you cut over here, you're dealing with Hector and uh, she's like, punishing this woman for stealing money from her. Yeah. Uh, right. And like, she has her, like, you know, the big resort, fancy resort. And like the woman's like crying at the table and she brings the woman down to the water and she see, uh, the woman's husband's on a boat and then it cuts away. Uh, and you, it just goes back to the movie that you were watching a few minutes ago. And then it cuts back again. And it's like, and then you see the end of the scene that you were then just watching. It's a, we- it's a weird thing where it's just like, stops the scene halfway through yeah uh and then it like cuts back to the movie and then it cuts back to that scene and it's like it there's there was no um there's no parallel being drawn here like hector hasn't been introduced to the characters yet why like why didn't we just see that scene play out in full so we know that hector's a threat right away like it was a weird thing yeah i guess it, it made me think of like um this movie mostly made me think of like burn notice, which is also weird characters. Welcome. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, think, I think they do say like, Oh, they've been burned a couple of times. They do, like Yeah. That, or right? like this is a full burn situation or something like that. Um, but that whole, you know, like ho- spies wearing Hawaiian shirts in the tropics, you know, it's all right. set in Miami and stuff, but it, it felt like that kind of thing where like you'd go to a commercial break and then come back and show what Hector's actually doing, you know, build some tension before the he- uh, reveal of what Hector's doing to her husband and stuff. But yeah. So it's like, Jackie Earl Haley is like this local crime guy who's working for Hector who is on the payroll for the CIA or something like that. Yeah. And then there's two people at the CIA that are double crossing each other. And then there's like a senator guy that's in, actually in charge. Like it's just like <laughs> yeah. how it goes all the way to the top. Um, yeah. But you, in, really, you really need like J.K. Simmons and Burn After Reading to come in and be like, so what, what's going on here? What do we learn? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, which, you know, that leads to some there. There's like a pretty funny scene. I thought where it's. um the two CIA people and like they're at a hot dog stand and they keep like getting in and out of a car together. It's like, Oh, I just, you forgot my mustard. So they could take a call with somebody and like, and talk about their double crossing each other. Um, so that's pretty funny, but yeah, it just, it just gets overly complicated when we had a perfectly good story about this crime boss and his missing flash drive. Uh, and then we added all this conspiracy stuff on top and I was just like, what's going on? Yes. Uh, yeah. None of it really makes a ton of sense. I did like, um, so, 
I, I do think there's a genuine, like a little bit of a heart to the movie uh, with Cage kind of bonding with his granddaughter, but then also specifically with Ron Perlman bonding with Cage's granddaughter. Yeah. Uh, and I think those scenes are actually pretty nice. Uh, and then it's weird. I, the movie kind of like seems to be setting up Ron Perlman for some kind of like redemption arc, right? hundred percent. Like, yeah. it seems like, you know, he's he's like kind of leveling with the granddaughter and kind of treating her as like an equal and like talking to her about her uh, Othello like, and, you know, and like being like, you know, oh, well, it's just circumstance. I'm the bad guy. You know, that's that's who I am. But like, you know, and then there's a moment uh, where he like takes her out to the woods and he's like uh, supposed to kill her. Yeah. And then she like pleads with him not to. And he's like. Okay, fine. I'm not gonna kill you. Okay, kid. And then the kid like you know punches him and takes his gun or whatever and runs away. And then he chases after her. Uh, and then he gets killed. And he gets killed. Like her mother like shoots a harpoon through his chest. Yeah, um, I forgot. It, yeah, it really seems like okay. It, there's going to be like a moment at the end of the movie where like he's the one who's gonna save the daughter at the end or something. And right. Yeah. It never. It never really happens. Uh, which is kind of kind of just unfulfilled. I feel like. Absolutely. Yeah. He definitely. They're they're definitely on a bonding thing where like you know she's helping him realize uh that he's you know can escape his circumstance and she, she, he's teaching her othello and forget exactly the situation but he's like he's like doing line, monologues or soliloquies yeah. or whatever and like you know there's more to me than i'm just a henchman kind of guy right and they're like they're learning about the world together and all this stuff and then yeah because she punched him in the nuts and ran away he's like she's got to die and so yeah. it's like what the <laughs> what you know she she convinces him not to uh not to kill her in that scene and yeah and then he's just is like well now you must die because you ran away yeah and then he gets harpooned which i forgot that he gets harpooned yeah, he gets gets a harpoon through the heart and then he falls over the side of the boat uh like he's he tr- truly dies yeah, yeah. He, he's gone uh but it really does feel like he should have been like he should have been one of the four people that popped up at the end to like shoot somebody and then right. like, you know, like, and then it turns out he saved them all or whatever. Um, I don't know. So yeah, Ron Perlman's death's a little weird in the movie. Uh, and like, a, it seems like an incomplete arc. Um, uh, but what did you think of Nicholas Cage in the retirement plan? Mike, I think he is pretty good. Like we said, he's definitely one of the, I think, um, I, maybe Ron Perlman was more like the, the best actor scenes. Cause he's kind of doing a little bit more like emotional heavy stuff with daughter, with the granddaughter and stuff. Yeah. But I think Cage is having a lot of fun and I, and really leading into that persona a little bit in particular, the like kind of crazy old man thing. And he, and he like pulls that trick a few times mm-hmm. with the henchman and he's like, doing a weird, Oh, I'm just an old man. I got to sit down cause of my back, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and like plays into that stuff and then starts like screaming in French or whatever's happening uh, a couple times and plays into that, that whole thing, that whole, the way he looks also, with like the long white hair and the scraggly beard and all that stuff. And then, yeah, I think, I think when it is the funny action scene times, he's good. He's just solid all the way through. It's, it's definitely not the most movie we, or the most like sleepwalk kind of movie we've seen from him. Um, and I can't really even tell which one that might be, but he's like doing it, you know, he's, he's putting in a performance and it's interesting and fun because it's Nick Cage. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's a, a movie that I would say he like ever like slept walked through, even though there are some that I think he like was miscast maybe or whatever. Yeah. But there are certainly others somewhere. It's like, I don't know, man, a score to settle. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> uh, and I say, I say a score to settle. I might be mixing it up with like three other movies. Cause they're all like, <laughs> they all have names like that, you know? Yeah. Um, a score to settle or vengeance, a love story or, uh, What's the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, rage. There, <laughs> yeah, who could forget Rage? Despite well, starring you know, in Rage. There it is. Despite starring in Rage, he is still just Nicolas Cage. <laughs> 
Um, but I remember, I, 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 we can never figure it out, but there was a moment where like they say the title of another movie in the movie. We're just like, what is happening? Oh, yes. I think it was, uh, I want to say it was in Rage. And I think they say the words seeking justice. I think you might be right. Yeah, that, or, feel, that feels correct. But it's I, th- I think seeking justice is the title that was name dropped at some point. And that's just how interchangeable all of that era of Nicolas Cage yeah. is. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, what, so, yeah, I, I think I, I think Nick Cage is very fun in the movie. I think he's having a good time. And that's, I think, what you want out of this role and this uh, character for him. Uh, and I think uh, the kind of juxtaposition of him being like kind of the old man beach guy uh who just also happens to be uh a master assassin who can kill people very easily uh it's pretty fun it's, it's a yeah. good time it's just it's just it's i don't know it's neat it's a, it's like the half-hearted nick cage john wick but like not really at all um, yeah nick cage's equalizer three you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah uh how do you think this fits into the nick cage roles that we've seen so far mike well you know the one that it, the immediate jump to mind and probably just visually but now i'm thinking about it like also weirdly tonally is uh army of one the like nick cage when he goes to fight the taliban or whatever that movie yeah, is right i actually also thought I, I just visually like what nick cage looks like in that movie yeah um, but i feel like i remember that also being like sort of an action comedy thing right it's like obviously like tongue in satire tongue in cheek that nick cage is, is, does that right yeah it's a comedy it's a, it's a bit uh that the movie has uh has a uh, Russell Brand in it uh, playing God. Oh, no, uh, that's as, right. I forgot. He has, he has like visions uh, where God speaks to him and tells him he has to go kill Osama bin Laden. Right. <laughs> that's right. I forgot all about that. Whoops. Um, so maybe not that. Movie, no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just kind of all of that, those kind of movies. I don't, it, it's interesting that this fits this retirement plan feels a little bit more down the middle. Then that kind of direct to VOD era was always like this kind of weird genre thing, you know, like jujitsu or, or right. like, um, you know, I don't know, doggy dog, whatever that might be. Uh, I don't know what kind of genre you might put that into, but just I guess, the, I guess crime, right? I guess I that's know. like a crime thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, thing. But yeah, like the trust was a heist movie and you have uh, pay the ghost. Remember right. pay the ghost? Yeah. I love pay the ghost. I think, I don't know. I think um, we were fans of, we were, we were kind of fans of pay the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, stuff like that. I don't know. Just that whole era, but those, those movies were all like weirdly genre or had this kind of like particular bent to it. Uh, and this sort of retirement plan is sort of just like action comedy for old men, you know? Yes. <laughs> kind of yeah. A, a fairly kind of straightforward action comedy, uh, do, does what it needs to do and gets out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's, it's an okay time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's all right uh yeah any uh, any random spots scenes that you wanted to mention mike anything that uh, stood out to you in uh, the retirement plan well that scene i think i mentioned before uh just like the whole extended scene when the henchmen find them in the hotel and they're like oh there's three dudes banging on the door yeah and nick cage is like trying to convince his daughter like okay open this door and i'm gonna grab one of them because i can handle them one at a time but all three and we're screwed blah 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 and just like they do that and then it cuts back to the two guys outside and they're just like completely shocked that this thing has just happened (laughs) uh just as ron perlman happens to walk down the hallway and he's like what happened they're like i don't know where he went (laughs) Like, like they got like a Scooby-Doo thing, like, or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's very funny. And then the, the whole payoff to that, them going over the railing with the, with the ropes and all that stuff is pretty, pretty fun. And then, you know, it, it is kind of violent where like it cuts to the, 
them looking over the railing and that guy's just like in a big pool of blood, like dead. On yes. the ground. You're like, oh shit. Um, so yeah, that whole, that whole physical comedy thing is pretty fun. Yes. I, I really enjoyed that whole sequence. Uh, there's a se- there's a scene earlier than that, uh, where Nick Cage first encounters the, uh, like, you know, the two guards, I think Ron Perlman's one of them and then the other guy. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Nick Cage, I think they don't realize that he's, uh, Ashley's father yet, but they have Ashley. Uh, and he, uh, you know, just sits, sits down and is like, Oh, you know, Sonny, you know, I'm an old man. And then he picks up a hand weight and just smacks the guy in the head with it. Uh, yeah. It's pretty fun. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That's <laughs> pretty fun. And the, the recurring bit also of um of Ron Perlman having to call Jackie Earl Haley and be like, he killed yeah. another one, boss. <laughs> like just in total disbelief. <laughs> uh is pretty fun. And also the recurring bit of the uh are you here for business or pleasure? And it cuts to just like the beefiest, most henchman looking henchmen. Yeah. And they're both in unison, pleasure. Every every time. Uh <laughs> It's pretty funny. <laughs> yes. Uh, also want to mention that Jackie O'Haley's character is named Donnie. Uh, and at one point, I think it's Hector who says, shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which has to have been a Big Lebowski reference, right? Like It's got to be. Yeah. That has to be, right? <laughs> yeah. What else are you going to put that in a movie for, you know? Yeah. And it feels like the reason why his character was named Donnie is so they, <laughs> so they could throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. I was waiting for a you're out of your element, Donnie, but uh, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Donnie is pretty close. <laughs> I am the walrus. Uh, <laughs> John Lennon. Yeah. Um, Let's watch Big Lebowski. Yeah, uh, Fuck this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to watch Big Lebowski and also Man on Fire. And then yeah. we'll, <laughs> we'll be back. What a double. Uh, any, any other scenes from Retirement Plan that stood out to you, Mike? I, I feel like this can be a short episode. I, I, I will allow this to be a short episode. Oh, it's episode. in the bylaws. It can be a short episode. <laughs> yeah, it can um, be short. Yeah. There's, there's, I feel like there's just not much to, to dig into in this movie, you know? Yeah, I was I will say I was a little relieved um, after the first couple minutes. So, right. It starts with them, Ashley and her husband, and they're like come crashing out of a door or well, Ashley's in the car, like in an alleyway. Uh, and they're like the dead guys, the partner's dead, whatever. And it's this whole thing. And they're like, you know, obviously have just committed a robbery gone wrong, basically. And I was like, oh, man, is this going to just be like another like down the middle, just like a crime kind of movie type right. thing, like a like a. I almost said Grand Isle, but that's anything but down the middle. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you You're know, right. just, I mean that that movie's in Grand Isle, son. <laughs> <laughs> just some other weird, you know, like kind of just run of the mill, like maybe I guess Sympathy for the Devil or something, just this other sure crime movie or something. Um, but then once it kind of pivots, and the and the grand and the daughter gets to the island to Cayman and uh, finds Nick Cage passed out on the beach holding a bottle in the sh- in the surf. And I was like, okay, I think we might be in good hands. Like we might be yeah. okay here. And yeah, it kind of, it elevates beyond just that kind of thing with like, we've been talking about the old man action comedy stuff. So, you know, it's a little bit more than I expected. And that's what, what, what we uh, appreciate here on episode 110 of season one of the complete works on the, uh, in the valleys, per- you, you know, between the highs. Yeah. Of course. Do you prefer this movie to Sympathy for the Devil or do you prefer Sympathy for the Devil, you think? Man, that's a tough call because <laughs> Sympathy for the Devil is so weird that it, it feels more interesting. Yeah. You know, like having that, that, that whole that's diner. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, the whole diner scene set to whatever song that was, I forget. Uh, right. But And that also has a really bonkers Nicolas Cage performance. Yeah. Um, which is really fun to watch. And I think he's very good in this movie too, but it's less bonkers than, than yes. what he's doing in sympathy for the devil, where for a long time, I think both of us thought he was playing the actual devil, the literal devil. Yeah. Uh, 
um, so yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I come down on sympathy for the devil being a more interesting or weird kind of movie. And this just being sort of like a by the numbers action comedy thing with twisty turnies. So that's where I'm at with (laughs) with those two movies. I do think retirement plan is like a little bit more watchable than sympathy for the devil. Hmm. Uh, that's yeah. I don't know. Interesting. I think you're right. It's a, it's it's a tough call. (laughs) It is for sure. I uh, think they're both better than the old way, and so there's that. And so there's that. The the, the defense rests <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on that statement. Yes. Uh, any other thoughts about the retirement plan, Mike, before we start wrapping this up and moving on to Letterboxd Reviews? It's pretty funny that Ernie Hudson gets, like, just fucking blowed away. Yeah, it's he gets shot. And then, like, they're carrying him away, and he gets shot again. Yeah, uh, Ron Perlman, ru- or, no, I guess he's dead by then. Somebody else runs up and also shoots Ernie Hudson. Yes. Like, like he's he's got one of those, like, oh, the shoulder wound, he might survive thing. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, somebody runs up and shoots him in the stomach. Yeah, it just, like, blows <laughs> him away. And he's like, I got shot twice, goddammit. Yeah. And then I think he dies. I don't really Well, even... then they, dro- they drop him off at the hospital. Oh, um, I think you're right. Yeah. Which is also kind of a funny moment where, uh, you know, Nick Cage is like, oh, th- this man's been shot. You got to get him inside. And the guy's like, oh, uh, yeah, OK, sure. But, you know, you, if he's been shot, you got to talk to the police. We got to get them over here. And he's and Cage's like, OK, uh, I just have to move my car. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Cage just drives off. But I, I think they do say that Ernie Hudson survives. I'm pretty oh. sure his character lives. Good for him. He, he probably shouldn't, but he does. <laughs> but he He'll does be in survive. the retirement plan, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's going to happen for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage's lowest grossing film ever. <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed sequel <laughs> uh but all right here's some letterbox reviews for the retirement plan i have a one and a half star review from nathan rabin former film critic of the av club i belong to regal unlimited so i only had to pay a 54 cent surcharge to watch this movie i still did not get my money's worth <laughs> damn that's harsh that's harsh stuff here's a review with no rating from joel r It may not be the most Nick Cage of Nick Cage performances, and certain aspects definitely felt like a Netflix original. (laughs) Um, But as a massive Nick Cage fan, hell yeah, I enjoyed watching long-haired, bearded, silver fox grandpa Nick Cage kicking ass. I need this to become at least a trilogy now. That's what I'm saying. Here is a two and a half star review from Going to the Movies. There's two O's in movies. Okay. Uh, the retirement plan is a step above a straight to streaming movie, but doesn't quite have enough to take it over the top. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a fun movie. There were some laughs and some really good action and Nick Cage. Ron Perlman and Ernie Hudson had some good old guy fun and Jackie Earl Haley said fuck a lot. Uh, if it wasn't for the big names and Nick Cage doing his thing, this would just go into the category of a fun background movie. Being that it is Nick Cage, I probably will revisit this again at some point and maybe will sit better with me once having already watched it. Wow. Yeah. Retirement plan requires a second viewing. <laughs> there are layers to the retirement plan that uh, we could only begin to scratch the surface of. My <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, and I have one more here. It's a one and a half star review from Elijah Quinn. You know, sometimes it's fun watching Nick Cage and Ron Perlman having fun and making the worst movie you've seen in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Needed that today. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair i think that's a fair way to uh to look at it yeah i i did not dislike the experience of watching this movie uh, i enjoyed watching nick cage and ron perlman and also ernie hudson and jackie real haley i think they they all deliver something different they are all sort of in different movies yes <laughs> uh 
Um, but they are all having fun and that's it, enjoyable. Uh, it, it's, it's the newcomers that don't really land for me. Like I think Ashley Green's fairly flat in the movie. I think her husband is kind of flat in the movie. Like, I, I, but you know, just having the old guys in there, uh, it worked. It was pretty good. Yeah. I think, um, did, what did we think about season of the witch? I can't, I think we liked it, didn't we? Uh, no, <laughs> no, uh, maybe you did. I don't I, I remember th- season of the witch, I think is one of the worst Nicolas Cage movies. Really? <laughs> I remember it starts off really fun. The, 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 oh, I, might honestly only be thinking of the crusade section yeah the the first like you know five minutes i think it's the opening credits of the movie are just like a montage of nick cage and ron perlman fighting in the crusades and it's really fun and then after that the movie like takes a steep drop off <laughs> um, interesting i want to say christopher lee was in it yes i think he's like the uh, i the wanted de- I, the literal devil <laughs> is he like the, I, I was gonna say vampire but he's probably not a vampire that's a different christopher Lee. i think he's a demon or whatever <laughs> he's some kind of demon i think he's the one who sends them on their quest right oh um, you think he might, oh yeah you're right he's the like bishop with the plague or whatever the fuck yeah he's on. he's like dying and it's like he, he's on his deathbed and he's the one who like gives them uh claire foy is the yes. witch in the movie uh and i remember that the whole th- the whole time that she's like no i'm not a witch you must believe me and they're like oh shut up you witch and it's like very clearly like meant to be like oh it's you know back in the olden days like they would just say they're say they're not witches like they would say they're witches uh and they would just be a way to torture women or whatever um but then it turns out claire foy actually is a witch at the end right yeah <laughs> Uh, and then she goes on like a whole spree where she's trying to kill people and it's it's a whole thing what a wild movie I mean yeah. I have to get high and watch that again <laughs> uh, I, I hope to never see that movie again <laughs> uh, I, was actually, I was actually thinking to myself um, watching this movie it would be really fun to do a Ron Perlman season of the podcast whoa um, however we can't or at least not right away turns out Ron Perlman is also a voice in Transformers Rise of the Beasts if, uh, <laughs> Rise of the Beast is the movie that will rob us of so many uh, potential season fours. I know. We, we were considering Pete Davidson, and unfortunately, <laughs> devastating. <laughs> it just can't happen. <laughs> uh, but all right. I think that's about good for the retirement plan. What do you think, Mike? I think we almost hit 45 minutes, and that's a delight. You know, more than this movie might deserve. Absolutely. Uh, so, Mike D, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on uh, Twitter and Letterboxd. You can also find me at mdfilmblog.bsky.social on Blue Sky. Um, you can also donate to support the show on our Kofi page, which is kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. And if you want merch, we have merch available on our Redbubble, which is Mike and Mike Pods.redbubble.com. Yes, it is. And you can find me online at M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. And I'm also on Blue Sky as well. I haven't used it in a while, but it's there. Uh, thank you for listening to The Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith. It's my decree show. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. Nope. Uh, at, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, since this is the Nicolas Cage season, uh, this is the old copy that's on here. Oh, interesting. Uh, and so the email address that it's, that it has here is, uh, Jeff Goldblum complete works at gmail.com. Oh, interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at complete works pod. That's W R K S no O in the word works. And you can find the rest of our podcast in rapture press alongside many other podcasts, about kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Our theme song was created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own podcast themes at Kyle's podcast themes at gmail.com. And our logo was, designed by jacob honeycutt or at jacob honey on twitter uh join us next week in the complete works we are returning our attention to michelle yo and probably going to do that for the remainder of the season uh we'll talk we'll be talking about a disney plus series from 
earlier this year, which reunites almost the entire cast of Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, American-born Chinese. Can't wait. It's very exciting. Yes. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh and Kihi Kwan, both main cast members of the show, and uh, guest stars include James Hong and Stephanie Hsu. Uh, wow. So tr- truly, the entire family from Everything Everywhere All at Once uh, pops up on the show at some point. Uh, I just watched the first episode, actually, uh, and can confirm Michelle Yeoh is in it for about five seconds. Uh, and so we might have to watch episodes one and two, at least. Son of a bitch. Um, uh, I would also like to say I went on Letterboxd and I went to a movie and I was like, wow, we both gave this movie three stars. We must have really liked Season of the... Well, not really liked, but we enjoyed Season of the Witch. Yeah. Uh, and then I scrolled down, and I was like, Jay Baruchel wasn't in this movie. I was at Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> I just went to the completely wrong movie. <laughs> um, so Season of the Witch can confirm both of us one, one and a half stars. That that even seems generous for me. I, don't, I, I remember really hating it. Um, <laughs> I was like, three stars from both of us? What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorcerer's Apprentice, though. Pretty fun. Pretty fun. Go watch it. Pretty good time. To do that, the, the mop sequence yes. from the Fantasia. There we go. I got there. One of the only good uh, live-action Disney remakes of uh, yes. Sorcerer's Apprentice. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. And, of course, check out my, my Go to the Movies for all kinds of stuff. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys, and thanks for getting in the cage. Like that you said, it's finally time to talk about as if we were all waiting. <laughs> the, the, the world was holding their breath uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in anticipation of the retirement plan episode. <laughs>